if you know what you're talking about, you do not have to use big words. Joining me today on Bridging the Gap is Amanda Campbell, a certified financial planner, a certified divorce financial analyst, the senior vice president at Wealthspire Advisors, and she's part of our 40 under 40 class. Amanda has pioneered through the financial industry and has made it her life's mission to ensure that every woman in any walk of life understands her wealth in a real and meaningful way. We dig into the hurdles of women in the financial conversation within the household, advice for the younger generation of investors and advisors, and finding your passion with something that will set you apart with your clients and your firm. Amanda also opens up about her book, The Health and Wealth Sisters 360 Action Plan, Total Self-Care for the Modern Woman's Physical, fiscal and emotional well-being. She wrote it with her sister and the true meaning behind the balance of health and wealth is found within this book. And we also talk about a nice idea potentially between the sisters working together to deliver something that is unique. You're going to have to tune in for that one. But we also talk about the easy ways to improve the communication between the CFO and the CEO of the household and ways to incorporate the conversation without it feeling like a root canal. Ugh, nothing that we want to go through. But this was an awesome episode. I was so grateful for Amanda joining us. So you're not going to want to miss it. So let's turn it over to Amanda Campbell. This is Bridging the Gap with your host, Matt Reiner. Amanda Campbell, 40 under 40 investment news. We're in the same class, which is so awesome. I'm so excited to have you. How are you? How's everything going in your world? Oh, good, good. I'm so excited to be here. We finally did it. Made this podcast happen. You know, the whole 40 under 40 thing. So I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. (laughs) We did. We were just talking before we started recording how we we make all these promises up at the event with all of each other where we're going to do all this stuff. We're going to get together forever. We're going to make this. We're going to change the world. And then we get back into our world and we forget about it all. So I'm glad that we made this happen, though. I'm glad that we made this happen. Me too. Uh, I upheld my bargain with one person. (laughs) There we go. And I, I know we were talking about this also before. I want to say congratulations on on another another addition to the Campbell family. That's exciting coming up. Thank you, thank you. Yes, three girls we'll have. So just creating power, women. <laughs> yeah, as I said earlier, bless your soul, bless your soul. But you know, you're in a profession to where you can work for your whole life and still love it. So that's a great thing, right? Because Amen. with three girls, three weddings, you're gonna have you know to work for a while. But Better oh you than anybody else, right? Nobody better oh to gosh. do it than you. I tell you, I'm sure you've done the same. We've run the college cost analysis. Like I just X out. I don't spend too much time in yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's one of those things I'll just kick down the road, you know, kick the exactly. can down the road. Maybe, maybe in 18 years when my youngest is ready to go to college, college will be virtual in the metaverse. And all I have to buy is a pair of Oculus goggles. And that would go. be something very cool, right? That'd be very there interesting. There you go. I'd be down for that. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down for that. It'd be a lot cheaper. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'd love for you to, you know, we met up at the event in New York on for the 40 under 40, and which was phenomenal honor and congratulations to you. Uh, I'd love for you to tell our guests because we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about your experiences. We're going to talk about your book. We're going to talk about it all. But tell us your background, like what led you to become, why do you want to get into wealth management, right? Why does anybody want to get into wealth management? What led you to the role you are now as a certified financial planner and a wealth manager, et cetera? 
Yes. All right. Well, I will try to make a long story concise. Um, (laughs) So honestly, I think it really started when I was 12. So my father passed away when I was 12. I have a, a little sister, so she's two years younger than me. And my mom is from Puerto Rico. So when my mom passed, or when my father passed when I was 12, I really had to watch my mom figure out just how to make life work here, how to make the finances work. You know, she kind of thought maybe we'll all pack up and move to Puerto Rico. I was very loudly like, no, I want to stay here. I have a life here. So I really had to watch her kind of figure out the finances without disrupting our life. And to her credit, she didn't at all. You know, my sister and I always joke, we stayed in gymnastics class. We, you know, everything basically stayed the same. And truly all those kudos go to my mom for you know, after my dad passing, sitting and figuring out the finances. Because as goes in most families, my mom was kind of in charge of being the CEO of the household. And my dad was the CFO of the household Mm -hmm. is how I always describe it. And then my mom had to kind of all of a sudden take over that very executive position in one day. So I think for me, I always had this draw towards helping women with money somehow or just helping women, working with women. So I get to college. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Absolutely no idea whatsoever. I had a stint as a wedding planner for a while because it is interesting. When I look at the through lines, there's always been budgeting. So I loved the idea of helping a woman sit down, plan her dream wedding, stay within stay within a budget, you know, all that fun stuff. And I'll tell you, it came to a screeching halt because one bride was just... A crazy bridezilla. And I can say that I was a bride, but this woman was out of control. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm not going to survive in this industry. It will eat me alive. So then I kind of switched towards accounting and was like, maybe I'll do accounting. Quickly realized I don't want to sit alone with a calculator all day. God bless the people that do. And just, you know, kind of backwards, kind of fell into meeting a man who became my partner at Strat Wealth. Joe Garrison, he was an alumni at McDaniel College as well. He came to an alumni dinner, got to talking to him. We had coffee and the rest is history. I ended up working at Strat Wealth and kind of just fell in love with financial planning. Really, truly, just I always say I don't know what else I would do with my life. I, I love that story. And, and, you know, unfortunately for some of us, you know, hardship and a lot of us, hardship has to help us dictate or, or drive us to where we need to go. And so you take a hardship and you turn it into something like a lifelong journey of a passion of, of helping others, which, you know, is it's hard to see in the moment, but looking back is amazing. And I think that that's really incredible. And, you know, you have this passion of, you know, I, I you, you told me in the notes, the show notes that, you know, you make it your life's mission to ensure that every woman in any walk of life understands her wealth in a real and meaningful way. I think that's such an, a powerful mission. And I, I'm curious, and, and it's unfortunate, I just want to be, it's unfortunate that we, we, we are still talking in like genders, right? And saying that oh, males, yeah. you know, males is this way and females is this way. It's it, We got to get past that. And I, I think we're, we're, we're moving in that direction. But in, and so because your focus is on females and there's such a need of helping them get understanding their financial future, what are some of the, the different nuanced hurdles that women are facing 
to to really understanding their wealth? Like, what is it that that you're helping that's a little bit different that maybe people don't really understand just because we accept the world as the way it has always been? Yes, that's such a good question. I think a lot of what I look at when I'm helping women understand their wealth in a real and meaningful way is just kind of like I said before, a lot of women fall into the CEO role of running a household, running the kids, you know, making sure everyone gets to soccer camp on time. And the husband or other partner takes on that role of CFO. So it's Mm. not for lack of not wanting to know that information. It's simply for lack of there is no space left upstairs to even take on one more shred of responsibility, you know, and it's been talked about many, many times in the the sphere of women and mothering, the invisible labor workload. There is so much Mm. churning up there. And that's a lot of what I kind of come up against when not necessarily come up against, but I find friction around when helping women to understand their wealth. It's almost like, oh my gosh, Amanda, this is truly one more thing on the to-do list. And I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. I understand. I know we have to make time. We've got to, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there, you know, there are so many resources out there that I think make wealth and finance digestible for men. And it's very pointed that way. And it's interesting that there aren't nearly as many resources for women to feel like I understand what's being said to me from a wealth perspective. I understand what this financial article is saying. This financial article, like maybe the cover picture doesn't even look like it's something that I should be reading or would be interested in. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of the rub is where are the resources and how do I digest this in a way that I am not overwhelmed by this information, can accept it, and it fits upstairs with everything else that's going on. Yeah, that's such an interesting, um, you know, just way perspective, right? It's because, you know, when you think about mothers and fathers, like, it's like, mothers do this, fathers do this. And it's just like the way it is. And there's, you only have a certain amount of capacity for it. And the industry is always just kind of talked to males. And if you look at a lot of the, you know, the, the publications. And so, you know, I guess when you, when you help mothers, you know, what are some of those tricks or ways to say, cause you're like, Hey, we need to get focused on this, right? We need to make time for it. And, and maybe they don't understand it yet. How, how can we better help, you know, women in general better understand their finances and better understand like the terminology about wealth management so that they may not have to do it and be the CFO, but they can be aware of it, right? Like I think about a business, like the CEO, to your point about the mom and the, and the family, is the CEO is running the day-to-day, but like as a business, the CEO knows what's going on in a business, right? They still understand CFO and COO and CMO, but they're just not executing on it. So like, how can we get to that point to where the CEO of a household is also understanding it as well? So I start with, listen, you don't have to know every single investment, every single, you know, account, you don't have to know every single thing. What you do have to know is in case of emergency, in case there's a real issue, where are accounts held? What are the passwords for those accounts? And sit down with your partner and have a real conversation of, 
am I on those accounts? Are you on my accounts, right? If that's something you want to do. If not, what are, you know, let's talk about beneficiary designations. The biggest issue I run into, you know, because I do a lot with, I deal a lot with women going through divorce or going through widowhood is the starting point is a big black box. Mm. Like I'll say, okay, like if we're sitting down and they're thinking about going through a divorce, right? It's like, you know, okay, tell me about your accounts. What do you have right now? Nine out of 10 times I met with, this is the best I could do. I know there's other stuff out there. And imagine that too, when your husband or partner has just died and you're saying, oh my gosh, I think this is what we have. I'm not sure. So that's kind of step number one. I always tell women, just figure out what your household has. Just mm. a, a quick network sheet, a quick balance sheet. What do you have? How do you get to those accounts? Do you understand where all the important files are? And if that's as far as you want to go right now, okay. If you're ready to go a step further, you know, I think that's where a lot of times the financial literacy comes in. So a lot of that financial education I always find is missing, you know, it's, it's not taught in schools. It should absolutely be. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of it just starts with a mutual fund is a stock is a bond is. And I always just approach those conversations kind of like my mentor and college professor. One of the best pieces of advice he ever gave his class was kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. If you know what you're talking about, you don't need to use big words. You don't need to use big jargon. You don't need to be overwhelming. And I think that's what it is. You know, just having real conversations with these women about their money in a way that they don't feel stupid. I hear that all the time. Amanda, I'm so embarrassed to even ask this question. Or you must you must think so poorly of me. I should really know this information. No, I don't. Like, let's just have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you need a sign at your office, like set all of your emotions and your guilt and your shame at the door because you're not coming in with it. This is an open environment, right? Like, like just leave it all out there. I don't care about it. You know, and you, you mentioned, it's kind of like you were alluding to something that I am a huge fan of, which is a life book, right? I always tell you know, my clients to, to put together a life book. And I, I, I've done it. I haven't updated it in about two years. So I probably need to do it. But for my wife as well, because, you know, she's the CEO, as much as I sometimes, you know, don't agree with all of her decisions, she's still my boss. So she <laughs> runs the house. And, you know, that's the way that it is. And but then I'm the CFO, but I put together a life book and a life book just has all of the documents like your most recent statements. And you just do it once a year. So that you have all of your statements, all of your passwords, And it's like, just go and you usually put it into a safe and like, just go to the safe and open it up. Here's all my insurance policies. Here's all of our deeds on the house, like more, all of that. And just do that. And I've seen that just be so powerful. And maybe on an annual basis, like over a bottle of wine, the spouses just talk through it. Like, this is what we got. This is our net worth. This is what our goals are. And then we're done. And you enjoy a bottle of wine or whatever it may be, right? Like, that's what we need to do. I completely agree. I think it's almost like, ugh, like people approach the whole financial planning conversation for your household as almost like tax time or a root canal. It really doesn't have to be, right? I think there's also something really empowering about sitting down with your spouse or partner and saying, here are the things that we want to accomplish together next year, whether that's a vacation or, you know, an improvement to the house. I actually, you know, granted, I'm a financial planner, but I think that stuff is fun. 
You know, like, I don't think it has to be this, oh, my God, it's the family financial planning meeting, you know? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be that, you know, get it, you know, wait, open that really special bottle of wine for that meeting. So it gives you something incentivized to go to. So I, I, I think that this is, you know, a challenge that we're working on as an industry, but you and you spoke about your sister and, and I am a younger sibling and, you know, you don't have to always call her your little sister, right? You can just call her your sister. You don't have to always call her your little sister. Just coming from a little brother. Like, I don't need to hear I'm a little brother. I'm old enough. She's right? always not my little, little sister. Anymore. She still calls right. me for stuff every day. Right. Yeah, yeah. But y'all wrote a book, The Health and Wealth Sisters 360 Action Plan, Total Self-Care for Modern Women's Physical, Physical, and Emotional Well-Being. Love it. Tell me more about it. What's the book about? Yeah. What inspired you to write it? What are you hoping to get out of it? Let me know all of it. Yes. Yeah, so Michelle and I, so my, you know, she, Michelle is a personal trainer, nutritionist has been forever. You know, it is interesting. I think, and again, not to keep bringing it back to this, but it was such a pivotal moment in our life. I think when our father passed, we both took two very different avenues, right? There were two very clear, I think, passions set before us. Um, Michelle really took her passion in a whole mental health, physical health, like how should we all be taking care of ourselves to make sure that, you know, nothing happens, right? Whereas I went more like, oh my gosh, I'm, I see mom doing the money. I need to help women with money somehow, some way, right? So it is interesting. We, and we both just organically focused on helping women. She was a personal trainer, is a personal trainer and nutritionist, and she found the most success life happiness in helping women transform themselves, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. So we had always kind of talked, we talk every day on the phone. That's a lot for some people, but (laughs) we're best friends. Way over, way overwhelming for me. Way overwhelming. (laughs) And um, just thinking of it, right. (laughs) But she was always like, Amanda, we help the same clients. Why can't we work together? And I was always like, I don't know, Michelle, like you help women like on the treadmill and on a bike. And I help women like through in a suit. Like what, what are we doing here? And it just kind of came organically almost one day, you know, I would talk to her about clients going through divorce who just, you know, yes, we're finally making strides with the finances, but then they'd confide in me like, I haven't been eating right. I haven't been sleeping well. I'm no longer exercising. Like now that I have my finances straight for the first time, now I need to get back to me. And, you know, she kind of had the same thing where she'd be sitting down with a woman and she'd go over her pricing schedules and, you know, what her services cost. And women would be like, gosh, I'm really ready to go on this fitness journey and health journey with you, I have no idea if this fits into my budget. And Mm -hmm. it just kind of like both of those smushed together. And we thought, what if we just wrote a book for women just to give them a 30,000 foot view, an overview of wealth and health and how you should always be making those a top priority. I get it in a world where we have 24 hours a day to do 36 hours of things, right? But if you don't take care of your health, you're going to be spending your wealth to, you know, make yourself better when you're older. And without your health, do you have wealth? 
I mean, really. So it just came, it was just very organic. It came together and we wrote the book side by side. So we'd sit together, write together. And we just realized women need to hear this information from both sides. And it should be part of an ongoing 360 plan. What an interesting perspective, right? And I, I love that idea, right? If you don't have your health, what what good is wealth? I, I you know, I, I think I, I think back to a book I, I recently read on the sacrifice of success, and it's all about these sports stories, right? Like, you know, they they, they sacrifice so much, whether it's their body crippling because of how much work they put on it, or you know, their family life, or their mental mindset, like they can't relax, like the the sacrifices you make, like is the success really worth it at that point? Like, and if you work your, your tail off and you get all this wealth, but you're, you're eating fast food, you're not working out. Like, is it really worth it? So I love that, that mentality. Now, you know, this health wealth 360, have you been able to find a way to bring it into your conversations with clients? That's like a unique way. Like, because I think that's a really great, like, Hey, I have an hour conversation. We're going to talk about what you're doing to stay healthy. And we're going to talk about what you're doing to say, you know, to build your wealth. Have you done that? And, And if so, like, how do you do that? How do you kind of wrap those conversations together? So that's a really good question because, you know, at the end of the day, I am not a, a physical fitness person, nutrition trainer, but I make it very clear to the women I work with, you know, in your budget, you should have a space for gym or training or something for you that is going to, you know, really make make you feel better. I think that we all feel better when we're physically active and eating right and, you know, all those things. So for me, I just tell them, listen, as we're going through your budget and as we're setting up your financial plan, like here's, here's a whole column. And I kind of put like gym membership or personal trainer and don't be afraid to fill that out because I don't see that as a luxury. You know, I think sometimes women are scared to fill out budgets because it makes you realize how much you spend on nails and the spa and whatever. I always say, listen, yeah, those are luxuries, whatever. I I just, I am not a believer that physical fitness and working out all that is a luxury. And I'm like, I do think this is a priority for your health moving forward again, because what good is this portfolio? If we have never invested, and that's the word I use, we have never invested in your health, then I'm going to have to, all those investments we never made, I'm going to have to spend down your portfolio to take care of that as a lump sum at the end of your life, right? Right. Long-term care facilities, all that. Not to be selfish, me as the advisor, I don't want to do that, right? I don't want right. I don't want the portfolio to build down, right? Let's 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 start talking about me here for a second, right? The uh, I know. You know, it's true. I I think that I'm just out of curiosity. I'm going down a little bit of a rabbit hole because I'm just really interested. Yeah. Have you and your sister ever thought about? I know y'all wrote the book together, but I got my mind's now wandering to like because I, we're in this time period where. You know, I think as an industry, we've got to be doing more services than just investment management and just financial planning. I think that we're going to be forced over the next 10 years to have to deliver more value added services. And like this situation is like, gosh, I'm just a Campbell sister. I know her last name is not Campbell, but Amanda and her sister. What's your sister's name? 
She's a Snyder, but we were Riley girls before we both got Riley married. Riley girls. So mm-hmm. the Riley girls, right? Mm-hmm. The Riley girls are like delivering this cohesive, like you go into the Riley girls office and like you take a left and you're in the physical therapy, like training nutritional lab. You take a, a left and you're in the wealth management lab. Like, have y'all ever thought about that? Like of being able to provide more services that maybe like if they work with you as a wealth management client, they get some of her services as well to help build that together more than you know it's like the one thing like when i think about what i would love for my life that is it everything you just described i I just don't even know you know the the hard thing matt as you know our industry is so compliance so like you know we even had this idea once of like okay well if you work with amanda you maybe you get a discount on Michelle's services and my attorney had a cow. He was like, you are incented. Like that's almost a kickback. Like work with me. Cause I can get you a discount over here, you know? And it's a real shame that our industry is treated with such scrutiny. We, you know, mm-hmm. it is just almost, it just feels like almost everything is off limits. Right. So in compliance, always jokes, they're the killer of creative, but my gosh, sometimes it really feels like that. <laughs> Like, yeah. like, you know, like you've got this great idea. So I would love that, Matt. I just have no idea how to get it off the ground. So if you have any ideas, I'm all ears. Yeah. Well, we have to figure it out, right? I, I think we can figure it out, right? If we also move from like a, you know, it's a fee planning to or like an AUM fee to a, you know, a set fee a la carte. Like if you pay, heck, you know. $12,000 a year, you get investment management services and you get this or 15, 20,000, whatever it may be. Like, yeah. you know, and then it's all under one roof because like, I still think that, you know, as advisors, you know, I love this health aspect of it, right? Because it means that you're going to last longer. You're, yes. We're giving you more value outside of it. But then also I think about like, why don't I travel services and concierge services and helping you live the life that you want philanthropic like we need to get into all of that. And, you know, you know, I know that compliance, 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 but there's, we got to find a way and there's got to be a way, whether it's not giving discounts, but it's included in the fee that you pay. And, you know, we're going to give you a, we get, you get a discount on that. I don't know how it would work, but I I think you're right. There is something there and I'm going to put some thought into it. And then we can call it the, I I don't have a good name for it yet. I just have the Riley girls, (laughs) but we'll we'll think of a good catchy name and market the heck out of it. it. I'll be the first of its kind. So there you were recently, I, I, I was reading over an article. You were recently in a CNBC article. I don't, I don't know if it was recent. Maybe my years are going to combine pretty quickly, but it's a couple was of months it ago. Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know what I ate for breakfast. So it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a <laughs> long time. But you're talking about young investors. And I think that I actually just did a presentation yesterday about the, the transfer of wealth. And, you know, I, I think everybody's starting to get kind of, tired of just hearing that like you're gonna have to serve millennials you're gonna have to do this you're gonna it's just gonna become the nature of like it's just it's gonna be that that way anyways but how do you what advice can you give to help guide young investors one and then also young advisors right because we need young advisors in our book in our practice and i i think that the generation is the same and the mentality is the same what what type of thoughts or advice that you can give to advisors on that side. Yeah. So I'll start with the investor portion. If you're a young investor, I think the best thing you can do is 
educate yourself in a simple way. Just learn again, learn what a stock is, learn what a bond is, learn what a mutual fund is. You know, you don't have to read these crazy in-depth white papers. You don't have to go after the biggest, hottest stock that everyone's talking about, because quite frankly, if everyone's talking about the boat's gone, you know, like just educate yourself and, you know, maybe you start with just an S&P 500 index fund, right? Just get your toes wet. I think there's a lot of fun to be had, or it sounds sexy, you know, oh, I'm on Robin Hood and I'm doing X, Y, and Z. You don't have to do that. That, to be quite frank, that to me sounds intimidating. Like I, <laughs> like all that day trading, stock picking, like, no, thank you. Right. But if you, if some people have a passion for that, that's very different than someone who's like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to take the next step. You know, I'm in my twenties. I want to start getting my life together. You don't have to do all that. You can simply go on Vanguard or, you know, any of those online services, they'll take care of you in a robo. You know, you answer a couple questions and you get nicely invested in nothing crazy, right? Just, just yeah. get your feet wet. So I say that, you know, you don't have to do anything nuts. And then for young advisors, shoo. That's a million dollar <laughs> question, right? Right. <laughs> it's, you know, this is a tough industry to crack into. It's a great industry when you've been here a while. My gosh, I I love this industry. There's so much opportunity. There's so much potential. I love that you can craft your own way, right? Like I work with women. No one really gave me permission to do that, by the way. I was just like, I'm going to do this. In fact, I had people be like, hey, don't. That seems like a bad idea. And I was like, I think I'm fine. <laughs> so I will say, you know, you just got to put in your time. You just have to be there and do the hard work. And I always tell people the quick, the more quickly you can find your passion or your, your kind of client draw where you feel that pull to help, the more quickly you can kind of make that name for yourself. I personally just don't think being a generalist works anymore. Like, Oh, I know everything about a little bit of something like, so does everybody in the office next to you. You know, and I know that is a very divisive topic. Like I've gotten into some heated debates and I'm like, listen, that might work for you because you're 60 and it was cool to be a generalist. But like, I truly believe people kind of coming in, you, you have to know a lot about something that sets you apart and don't just do it because, oh, it looks good on paper. But my gosh, clients always tell me, I feel your passion for helping women. Right. So yeah. what is it, that thing that you are passionate about? And there's so many avenues. There's so many. So much opportunity. I love that. It, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I was, I was talking with someone, I'm, I'm down here at a conference in Orlando and one of the guys works at a firm and like they have an older firm and the founders still believe that stock picking is their, their value add. And I was like, mm-hmm. gosh, it's like, we're, we're so far beyond that. But, and I yes. think that we're like, so like, but we're, but that's the way that they were thinking in their time when they started the firm. And so it's like, they, it's hard to change. And I think we're in this like era of the niche, right? Like the era yes. of the niche where you've got to find that niche and there's so many of them and go deep on it, be the best and the smartest and the most verse on it and you're going to win. And I, I love that piece of advice. And you know, you're talking about young investors of like, just dip your toe in like, like you don't need to be doing Robin Hood. That's not investing. That's called gambling. You know, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I, did I say that yes. out loud? I said that out loud. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, Agree. But yeah, is 
I, I think that the challenge that I've always seen is the psychological challenge of getting them to do the boring because like I'm agreement in agreement with you. Just go buy like an S&P 500 index fund. Like just do that. Mm. But that's so boring. It's not sexy. And you know what? There is no instant gratification for the instant gratification generation. And so, right. I mean, how do we overcome that? How do we get above that to where we get them to do the boring, right? Because I think that that's the biggest challenge. Have you solved that one that, yet? God, no. I'm like, that is such a good question. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I don't know. Because even I just did this for one of my best friends recently. I just helped her set up a Vanguard account. And um, it was it was boring. Like we totally, right. I had to be like, girlfriend, yeah, we got to sit on the phone on Zoom for an hour. You, I have to watch kind of what you're doing on the screen because she kind of had some specific requests. It wasn't fun. Like we both took an hour out of our day. I will say this. The second it was done, she was like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Like you don't realize you're carrying this backpack full of rocks until somebody takes it off your shoulders. So while I don't think there is immediate gratification monetarily, I do think there is this immediate gratification of, oh, I just I just did something that I've been needing to do for a long time. And I know this is for my future. And I can stop listening to that voice in my head that's like, remember to invest, remember to set up that account, you know, <laughs> because those are the things yeah. that keep you up at night, right? You wake up at 2am and you're like, Oh, I still didn't set up my investment account. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And then when you do, you know, then the then the next hurdle is like, all right, I set it up. And like, you have this, like, because you read everything, because you believe everything not read, you believe everything on Facebook. It's like, you know, I just haven't made a million dollars yet. I put a thousand in and I just haven't made it yet. And, and helping them get over that. But I, I, you know, as I was thinking about this, as you were talking, I was listening though, too, is, yeah. is, you know, again, it's just a matter of like, how do we make it fun? How do we make it engaging? And like, you're, you're talking about your friend and I'm, I, what came to mind is I have a buddy that I'm trying to get him just to open an account. He's been asking me for like five years and just hasn't done it. And, uh, you know, I just need to like, be like, Hey bro, like come on over. And I don't know why today I'm on this like wine kick, but it's like, let's open a bottle <laughs> of wine. <laughs> yeah. Let's open a bottle of wine and let's, you know, let's hang out, watch the game because who doesn't watch baseball and drink wine, right? They go so right. well together hand and let's open up your account. Let's open up your account and do it. But like, that needs to be the mentality. And like, instead of having just annual reviews, like let's do it over a beer or a glass of wine or whatever it may be. I, we just yes. have to find a way to make it more fun and engaging. But haven't you found that with clients lately? Like I find a lot of my clients like, and sometimes, you know, we'll reach out for their annual review and they're like, can I just meet Amanda for happy hour? And I'm like, heck yeah, we can just meet for happy hour. Like yeah. I want to do that too. Like yeah, I I'm do in. think, right. I do think there is this shift of, um, COVID taught us not everything has to be hamster wheel and suit jacket and on a calendar, like all this stuff. And I have been finding that clients are more open. Like I have one client, she loves for me to just come over and drink tea in her outside garden. She has a beautiful garden outside. And we talk about her portfolio, but like, do we really? Right? We're, right. It's more financial planning. It's more life planning. Like she just wants to know, am I going to be okay? You know, yeah. she's, she's retired. You know, her thing is, I just want to be able to live and be happy and plant my plants in the spring. You know, Love so that. I do think <laughs> it's just easy. I think there's this, <clears throat> there is this shift kind of happening towards seeing my financial planner isn't like going to the dentist. It can be okay. Like it can just be a conversation with a friend. 
I just wish it would move faster. <laughs> right. I mean, we are normal people. We like to have fun. Just because we're into numbers and money doesn't mean we don't like to have fun. We're actually yes. probably the worst people at saving and not spending our own money. So if we just, <laughs> if they people, I, I didn't say that out loud. We are really good right? stewards of our own money. Uh, <laughs> Amanda, we could talk for, I mean, we're going to solve the, all of the world's problems eventually. And I mean, at least wealth management financially related. I don't know about all of them, but I do know you have a, a, a job to get back to. I want to be really respectful of that. I always do ask two questions before we leave. And I'd love to get your thoughts on them. One of them, the first one is, is kind of selfish because I'm a, I'm a, a lifelong learner. I love to learn and read and learn from other people is a book. What's a book out there other than your own? I know the Health and Wealth Sisters 360 Action <laughs> Plan is, is a book. Yeah, I get what it. I said that book? Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, who is this lady? She's so into herself. It's unbelievable. Oh my God. <laughs> God, did she really just do that? Um, yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Is a book that you think people should read that is on your shelf that you think is a, is a worthwhile book that everybody should read? I truly love you know, Stephen Covey's, I have it right here at the seven habits of highly effective people. You've probably read it, right? Love it. Love I it. mean, it's a, it's just a good book for being a good human. And goodness knows we need a bit more of that these days. I just I've used the principles with my children kind of in child rearing. And just again, it's just a good guidebook for like, can just be a good person, help the person just next to you listen to them. Be good people. Like it's simple. Yes. It's very simple. Hard, I guess, to do, but it shouldn't be that hard. Just be a good person. Um, good person. Gosh, I agree. Love that book, Stephen Covey. All right. This one then comes from Barron's. I was at a Barron's conference. I love their idea. What is one actionable piece of advice that you think people can take away from our conversation and everything that you do that they can go and implement today, tomorrow, and be better because of it? What's one actual piece of advice you have? Oh, good one. Well, truly, I cannot stress this enough. Just kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Like our industry is so just over flooded and just overgrown with jargon. People have so much information coming at them so fast these days, whether it's the news or social media or Twitter, right? Whatever. Just when you're talking to people, just keep it simple. Get to the point, you know, just talk to people, be a good person. I always say you don't, if you know what you're talking about, you do not have to use big words. Yep. Wow. Yep. You know what? It, it, kiss is the right mentality for many reasons, but to end this, the, the bring this all together, you said, just be a good person. We should all just be good people. We should all just kiss and make up, right? <laughs> we should Amen. all just kiss and make up. You know, it just goes so hand in hand together. I know you didn't mean to do it, but Amanda, this has been so incredibly fun. You're doing incredible things. I'm in awe of what you do. And I know our listeners are as well. They'll probably want to continue to follow you. They want to read the book, go out and buy the book the Health and Wealth Sisters yes. 360 Action Plan. Where can they buy it? How can they continue to stay in touch with you, follow you on social and all the publications? What's the best way for them to stay in touch with all of the great things that you're doing? Yes, wonderful. So the book, you can get it at any bookstore at all, even small local shops, they can get it, or Amazon. And um, as for as for social, so I'm on Instagram. I think it's Amanda Campbell Wealth at Amanda Campbell Wealth. So feel free to follow me, see what's going on. And you know, LinkedIn, I feel like stuff is always popping up on LinkedIn too, isn't it? <laughs> 
It is. It is. Amanda Campbell, Amanda and Michelle, your sister, y'all are going to make something really unique in this industry. We're just going to wait for it to happen. But Amanda, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us on Bridging the Gap and uh, just a true honor. So thanks so much. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Bridging the Gap. Don't forget to give us a rating and let us know what you think. This is